Friday, everyone. This is Ryan Kramer, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Crossover Commerce. This is a beautiful day, and I have such an amazing week this week. Hopefully, you did too. I just wanted to get kicked off. This is day five of five that we've done these episodes in this week. Uh, an episode a day keeps uh, the boring podcast uh, audience away, right? It, this, there's so much content we've packed in this week, and I'm really excited to kind of round out our week in a fun and uh, really useful fashion. But before we get started, uh, if you haven't been to, uh, to the show before, listen to the show or watch the show, I should say, if you're watching right now, you can actually, uh, this is presented by Ping Pong Payments. What is Ping Pong Payments? We are, no, not a table tennis company. They are uh, a cross-border payment solution, helping people pay different entities around the world, whether it be your supplier, manufacturer, your VA, um, and pay them in local localized currency. Or you can actually, if you're selling in different marketplaces too, you can receive and repatriate your money to make sure that it get back, gets back to your local currency uh, without spending so much in fees. Uh, again, the, the traditional way is out the door, and now it's going to be saving more of your money and putting that back to your bottom line. So that being said, go ahead and check out and sign up for a free account today with Ping Pong Payments. You can do that by clicking on the show notes or in the comments section. You'll find a specialized link. Just mention Crossover Commerce sent to you, and they'll hook you up over at Ping Pong. Again, it's free to sign up. You don't want to waste money. Go ahead and save some with Ping Pong today. That being said, again, I alluded to earlier, this is episode 145. I just wanted to kind of shout out to everyone. We started this journey a year ago yesterday in the kind of the number of episodes that we've done in one year alone has is equated to 1.8 per working days. Well, we'll give that air quotes because we're working on weekends too. Let's be honest. Uh, per per day that we've done this show, and I've been super excited to to get some of the greatest minds in the Amazon and e-commerce space on the show. But that's because it's people like you who keep asking me questions. I want to learn about this. I want to learn about that. And I too have been yearning and learn, wanting to learn about this journey along the way about how to make businesses grow as brands grow, as businesses diversify, whether it's retail onto online or online onto retail. Uh, online to retail or vice versa, or just trying to strengthen your digital footprint across the board. That is what the show has been all about. So I just wanted to give a, a quick thank you to all the listeners who are who are listening out there for letting me do the show and uh, providing great feedback and context to that. If you have other feedback and context, definitely send that my way. Other than that, let's go ahead and get this thing started. We are titling this episode today, how to get regular local media coverage without spending a dime. Sounds too good to be true. Let's be honest. It sounds too good to be true, but we're going to listen to our guest today talk about some of the best ways in order to build up that confidence, build up that, that network, if you will, and to help media work for you and grow your business. And that being said, our guest today is Mickey Kennedy of e-releases. He uh, has been uh, 20 year, 22 years ago. He founded e-releases after realizing that small businesses desperately needed a press release service that they can afford. The rest is history. While working with PR, he helped grow businesses through his diverse nature, his networking, and his skills and know-how to help businesses grow. With that being said, the, the rest is history. I'm gonna let. I'm not gonna speak for him because we have him and are lucky enough to have him on the show today. So that being said, let's get him on today already. Uh, Mickey Kenny from E Releases. Mickey, thank you for joining us on Crossover Commerce. Glad to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, uh, you, you've had 20, 22 years, right? Like I, I didn't misread that. 22 years in the PR industry. That's a long time, right? Uh, or I, I would say that's a, you would call yourself an expert in the field, right? 
Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I've been around, done a lot, seen a lot of changes, uh, seen a lot not change, uh, but I've seen a lot of people's perspective and views about PR uh, a shift uh, over the years. Well, amazing. So what, what made you get into this field? That's a lot of writing, copywriting, a lot of engaging in uh, network. I would say networking is the really biggest part to make sure that A, your clients get that exposure, but to know that it's it's well worth their time to get exposed to. Does that make sense? It does. Um, I got involved by working for a telecom startup as employee number three. And one of the things that I had to do on top of sales and marketing was uh, PR. And we had to get press releases out to the media. Um, then it was through faxing. And my job was to program the fax machine and hit send. Uh, but we started to see a lot of people uh, calling in and asking if we could just email the press release over as a Word doc, uh, because we published a lot of telecom numbers and statistics. So they just felt it was easier to copy and paste for Microsoft Word than, you know, a paper fax. So that's when the light bulb went off. And I said, you know, email is a natural evolution of this. And uh, I spent about a year uh, reaching out to journalists and asking them if I could send them press releases on certain topics that they wrote about. And most said yes. And uh, it was almost 23 years ago, I launched with uh, 10,000 journalists in my database. And uh, it's just been growing over time. Um, all of our releases now get issued nationally over PR Newswire. So it's a win-win for uh, small businesses and entrepreneurs trying to get uh, you know another avenue of distribution. But uh, I, I've seen, I've seen it all. I've seen the the, the mediocre press releases that uh, someone announces a, a new employee or something like that. Uh, I hate seeing those because they don't do very well and you really shouldn't be spending money to issue those over a wire because they're not gonna do much. But um, I, I still see releases that work and I see a lot of patterns as well um, that, that work. Oh my gosh, well, I, I, I've always been je jealous of people when they say, Oh yeah, I have a PR release about a new employer, things like that. Like as a as a colleague, that's I, I would think kind of cool as a as a kitschy or nu nuanced thing. Uh, so kind of going into it right away, you said that there there's good things to release to the world, but there's also it, it sounds like there's the opposite, right? There's there's bad things to put out into the world that make you less credible. What what can you just kind of give that basic overview of this is worth your time versus not worth your time? Right. So. Major milestones are certainly worth sharing. Um, unfortunately, unless you've stolen a really veteran employee that's really known in the industry, very few people are going to be interested in an employee change or uh, evolution. I think businesses tend to do it because it, it, it creates goodwill with the employee and the staff and stuff like that. But it is sort of a squandered opportunity, especially if you're paying the fees to issue it over a newswire, uh, which isn't cheap. Uh, the things that do work are, uh, you know, I always say, pretend that you're the journalist who's acting as a gatekeeper. What could you release that would be of interest to his audience? And how could you make it more compelling for his audience? So if you have a new product that you're releasing, what is it that makes it really cool or exciting that something that an audience member would want to, to read about? How, you know, what's your USP? What makes you unique? And uh, if you can sort of tap into that and you know craft something that's a little bit more newsworthy or a little more relevant to the audience, a journalist acting as a gatekeeper is going to be like, yeah, let let them through. That that's good. Uh, let's put that into an article. Right. Uh, a major milestones. I, I I think ones that really stand out to me would be 
uh, if there's an acquisition or if there's a big money spend, or like you said, they are going public or anything of that sort. But I, a lot of those tend to be more major corporations. Like you, as you grow over time, I would say, but as a small, medium sized business, well, do I have to scale that back or is it in the same kind of like, Hey, grand opening or something like that? What, what's, what would you be your suggestion for an entrepreneur in that main? Uh, so category. a grand opening would be really relevant to local media um, for something like that. Uh, reaching out directly to local media as opposed to paying for a service is, is a better use of your money. When it comes to local media, you're much better off doing it yourself. And I think that we're going to talk, explore that a little bit uh, today, how you can do that. But, uh, you know, milestones that are, are, are meaningful. Um, it, sometimes you can create your own, um, like, uh, developing a survey or study within your industry. Um, that's really relevant and the media really responds to those and those do really well. Um, you know, and hacks in that vein are, if you don't have an audience to send the survey to, you can partner with a trade association. Uh, the smaller, more independent ones are much more willing to do this than the larger ones, uh, but you can get them to send the link out uh, to their members uh, via email and through social media. You can also even co-brand them in the press release, giving you a little bit more credibility. Um, but right now is a time uh, with um, everything that's been going on, there's a lot of uncertainty. So if you were to take the temperature in your industry and get a perspective of how people feel right now, do you feel like uh, things are getting better? Are you planning to spend more on your marketing dollars going forward. You know, all of that information is really relevant. And I could see a lot of media saying, oh, you know, this survey just determined that in this, uh, in, you know, e-commerce uh, field, this is, this is how people feel. And this is where they're gonna start spending their dollars or taking their dollars away and being a little more cautious and things like that. So um, anything like that can really elevate you and get you, you know, noticed. And you, you know, a lot of people feel like, well, I'm not an expert in my industry. You don't have to be to do a survey or study. Um, you know, just the aspect of you authoring it and getting it out there uh, makes you an expert when it comes to the questions that you ask because you're the only one with that data. Right. Well, you, we were talking about like national, but versus local is PR or like a, you know, really a, if, you, if you're going to be distributing this, this is standardized like format. If I'm, if I'm a team of one and I have never written a PR news release or anything like that, uh, clearly you wouldn't want, want, want to work with a professional, but if I'm going to try my hand at that, is there a templated way to introduce that to localized media or national media obviously before you go naturally you're probably going to want to get another eyeball or two on it but localized media is it is it safe that you work with a lot of people who do that by themselves and we do whether they're successful or not it, it, it's up to like you know the, the person but <laughs> the pattern that we see is a lot of people who are really afraid to write a release um, will use us to write their initial release then when they see okay. how simple it is and straightforward, they they usually take over, start writing the releases themselves going forward. Um, if you go to ereleases.com, I think in the footer is a link to press release samples. You can get a, a look for what's out there and uh, it's pretty straightforward. 
third person. Uh, if you have a compelling quote, you know, you include that. Um, but, you know, the, the real energy that I would uh, ask people to spend on is what it is that you're announcing. Can you make that more relevant to an audience? Can you make it more compelling? Um, can you even, you know, draft uh, something that would speak to the audience really well. Uh, then when you're actually composing the release, the headline is the most important because that's how people you know, view you and decide whether they click through. And uh, I always tell people to put a compelling quote in a press release, put something that can't easily be paraphrased. A lot of times, a, a journalist will look at a press release and say, that's a soft story. If I have a little filler, maybe I could use it. But then they see a really great quote and they go, wow, that's really going to make this article stand out. So they're much more likely to run with it, uh, especially if it's just a safe topic that, you know, isn't really you know, newsworthy, but it, it's okay. It would be a nice filler piece. So that's another way to really stand out is to spend a little extra time on that quote and make it something that just sort of uh, is is interesting and can't be easily paraphrased. Right. I, I instantly think of, and people use the phrase uh, clickbait. Um, they, they use it in a way to get the, like you said, reader to say, oh, that's interesting. Like um, it could just be either a shock uh, title, which not a lot of PR relations are, um, but it can also be more of a, um, you know, shift or a, like a very like prominent, like you said, fact. And then that that quote can really like carry you through. Does is that the difference between the trust factor between you and that local PR news outlet of, hey, they're going to send me something again. It was great last time. It got either traction or got less eyeballs. It also had great stubs, substance. Those all working together is going to help soften that, like you said earlier, gatekeeper mentality of oh yeah, like they sent me through great information last time, Let, let's give them another whirl. And then does that really start to build that rep or that, that rapport between you and that outlet? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to local media, I always tell people there's probably less than 12 people in your local area that would write about you. So it's just 12 people. You need to get them, uh, build your Rolodex, and then just start emailing them stories or ideas. It doesn't have to be a press release. Um, for local media, just having a newsworthy hook uh, of something that that you're you know doing that you feel would be relevant is all you have to do. Um, I always say you ground it and just say, hey, I've noticed your articles over the years, or I've recently read uh, the article you did on X, Y, and Z. I really liked something specific so that they know that you actually read it. I, if you're not going to be specific, just say here, uh, I'm a local, uh, company or I'm, I'm doing e-commerce locally. And, um, I feel, uh, right now it's a really hot topic about X, Y, and Z. And my company is relevant because of this. And I would love to talk to you a little bit. And, you, you know, you could just pepper it with a, a really uh, compelling quote as well that maybe could just form the basis of an article or something like that. So, um, it's, it's, it's as natural as that. How do you get their email addresses? You just call and ask. Um, they go to they their website are, too. <laughs> their website Maybe. may have it. Um, you may also check um, Twitter. I know that a few journalists like Twitter, but most of those are more national. I think a lot of the local ones and email address is going to be the most appropriate. Um, when it comes to TV and radio, if there's segments that you've seen in the past that covered uh, companies like you, or maybe there's a radio channel that does uh, a roundup of local businesses and spotlights things from time to time, you would just want to reach out to the producer of that show or the booker. 
um, depending on uh, the structure, not the host of the show. And again, once you get their email address, you just send them the idea. Over time, if you are known uh, as someone who gives good ideas, um, you can, you know, uh, be their go-to person when they're working on the story and they're like, Oh, what, what company could I mention here? And they're like, Oh, I remember this, this company and just plug you in there. I think that's one of the reasons that, um, so many local, uh, newspapers tend to use the same companies again and again, when they're, you know, doing examples and reaching out to people for quotes and things like that, because they've done the legwork and they've established this relationship. Um, I always say, try to do four to six, um, uh, interactions a year. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good way to just reach out to them. Uh, places to see is maybe not in your city, but maybe you have a competitor or someone that you know in another city and maybe you could create a Google alert. And whenever they come on the radar, you can analyze what the article was about and then just reach out to your journalist. You don't tell them, hey, I saw this in another right. market. But what you do is I've been seeing a trend about uh, articles talking about this. And I think I would be a really great example for you to um, you know, cover me in that regards in our local market. And so that's another great way, uh, especially also trade, uh, industry trade publications. Uh, when you see something that's trending or has been trending, uh, local media may not have joined the bandwagon and it might be an opportunity for you to, you know, mention that and say that this is really, you know, exploding in our industry. And I'd love to, uh, you know, break that down and share that with you and how that's uh, applicable to my business. Absolutely. What the lot of things. So if I'm the, I'm the listener right now, I'm, I'm hearing lots of great ideas. I think knowing what's trending in national coverage, like you said, not just natural coverage, but like maybe wherever your competitor might be, if it's, uh, you put it that news alert, I have news alerts out for specific things, uh, predominantly, uh, industry buzzwords, um, specifically my name or my category, or if someone even mentions, uh, a company, I get notified right away. And then knowing that for a fact that it, it, Google obviously through SEO and whatnot alerts super free. It, it's free. It's nice to know that what's actually trending out there instantaneously, but then also it, what I heard was really compelling of be that go-to person in your localized market. So lots of e-commerce sellers, lots of them live in uh, quite big or maybe not so big markets, but if they can reach out to you for a specific quote or idea, they typically, which is good, I'm assuming you're going to go into this, is they typically will link back to either your business uh, or a website or some sort of page or past piece that they put on or like they featured you on. Again, building on SEO, building uh, that link out to businesses, whether it's products or services or just thought pieces of you in the past, that Rolodex becomes more that you can tap into, I would assume, for your own PR purposes of feature as featured in. Dallas Morning News, XYZ, or Indianapolis uh, Star, which is where I'm at, uh, you know, features like that are just so compelling. Do you want both positive only or do you want negative as well, like negative trending stories, but then like how that's affecting as well? Is there is there a is there a um, good healthy mix that you want to talk about? Yeah, I think that um, 
negative uh, is can be good. It just does it show you in a negative light. If it's just your industry is undergoing something that's really harsh right now, and you're persevering through it and discussing the challenges, that's really relevant. And I think that that's completely appropriate. But if it's something where the industry is, you know, sort of uh, under being, you know, just something negative like uh, credit repair agencies or something where the government or someone is just coming down and cracking down on it, you may not want to poke your head out and draw attention to yourself. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would say just use common sense, but uh, there's, you know, it, uh, the media loves challenges. So, you know, uh, if you've been dealing with the pandemic in a certain situation in a certain way, it's quite appropriate to share that and to share and be quite honest with the struggles you had, what changes you had to do, uh, how you had to modify your life and uh, those challenges, because they're, they're human interest stories. Um, they're the type of things that people respond to and are receptive to. Um, I often get my startup clients to include embarrassing stories about themselves when, and when they're growing uh, because uh, Inc. Magazine and Fast Company, for example, both love those. And uh, right. I, I recall one client who told me about how uh, their business took off a little bit faster than they wanted and they spent really? Thanksgiving filling packages in their garage rather than eating turkey around the dining room table. And they said grandma, the uncles, everybody was just pitching in and uh, they still ate Thanksgiving food, but they they had it on the sidelines and they were just filling packages. And I told them that's a story they should share. And it did get picked up in Inc. Magazine because I, I just know that those are the types of stories that people like. Uh, the journey of a startup, the journey of an e-commerce shop. So many mom and pops want to appear larger than they are, but sometimes just owning who you are and the struggles and obstacles and difficulties that you have trying to scale up are, are, are the things that I think the media responds to and what ultimately their audience responds to as well. That's an amazing story. I love I love that notion. And I instantly went through this movie montage in my head, which is what I do for quite frequently of your phone buzzing or beeping every time an order comes through and it's going nonstop someone leaves a room sprints out there and then all of a sudden you start to like recruit one after another and then instantly it's just the whole family like we we got to do this or where's this person they find them and they're just overwhelmed but that that's so cool i i love that capability did that start because of uh, new releases and media coverage or that was just a it was a almost I see this. The one thing I can think of that brings instant notoriety that's kind of famous is if you get on Oprah's O list, right? Like, I feel like anything somebody of that magnitude can touch or bring light to, it feels like this instantaneous, like, what is it? Where can I go? I have to buy it. Influencer like mentality. Um, is, is there other media that you has that feel or sort of impact that in your mind? Um, sometimes, um, morning shows, um, like good morning America and things like that will do product spotlights and that can just drive a lot of sales to people. Um, that being said, sometimes it's just a, a mixture of places. A lot of little individual newspapers just thought this was a really cool product or service and they just wrote articles about it. So it's, it's really hard to say you know, where you're going to find your, your, your leverage point. But that is one of the real valuable things about PR with a little bit of effort. You can, you know, do 
one release and potentially get like a you know six to twelve articles written about you. Um, it it does it does happen, and we did an example last year for the Dining Bond Initiative, which was um, a small PR firm was putting together this initiative to help um, basically your local restaurant that was shut down during the pandemic, a way to get money directly to them immediately. And you would get the equivalent of like gift certificate uh, voucher in a, a certain denomination based on what you gave. And um, it got picked up in over 150 publications um, wow. nationally, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times, all the heavy hitters, a lot of the food magazines and trade publications, travel magazines picked it up and dozens and dozens of small papers throughout the US picked it up. Um, it was really easy to just add your local restaurant. Uh, and if they accepted it, then you could immediately start you know, uh, giving them money and then the proceeds would go to them. Uh, it was one press release. Um, uh, we did it as a courtesy, and uh, but you know it would have probably been like two hundred and sixty nine dollars uh, to to send something like that through us, and uh, it generated more than ten million dollars in revenue and wow. got hundreds of articles. And it was lived for a very short period because it had a very defined uh, you know target in which to help. But you know, that's the real leverage of what a press release does. I challenge anyone in marketing to say, spend $300 and create millions of dollars in revenue. It is possible with PR. Uh, it's more likely that you'll get like a small handful of articles if you're really newsworthy. And, you know, revenue can be all over the place. But, you know, it's it's not unusual for people to create many tens of thousands of dollars in revenue from just a few hundred dollars uh, spending on a press release. That right. being said, you want to make sure that you're doing a, a proper PR campaign, which is a four to eight releases. You're not going to know if PR is going to work for you until you've tried several different strategic approaches, um, and you know four to eight is usually the the minimum of a PR campaign to determine if it'll work for you. Uh, I always tell people that you know uh, sometimes it's the first release that that hits, and sometimes that can be. Uh, discouraging when your second one doesn't and you're looking right. to recreate the magic. But sometimes you just take every press release that you did as a learning experience. And if you took one approach, um, uh, I, I would say, like I mentioned the survey or study, I've never had that one fail. Uh, if you do a really good survey or study and you ask the right questions, you're going to get some level of pickup. I've never had that not get media pickup. It does take a little bit more work. Um, and you, you do have to ask uh, questions, but there's places like SurveyMonkey that analyze the data for you. So you're not having to count, you know, uh, ballots or anything like that. Um, I always uh, tell people to throw in one or two oddball questions. Um, it's amazing how many times those questions are the ones that the media really responds to. Um, I know a, a auto repair shop that did a one, uh, a study on auto repair centers and uh, their question that was, the one uh, that I suggested was, what's the strangest thing a customer's left in their car while being repaired? And yes. it was a it was a open sentence or two that they could put uh, in that field. And we got so many crazy anecdotes and stories. And those were what all the auto trade publications ended up publishing. They were not interested in most of the rest of the survey. Some of them covered bits and pieces of it, but they wanted these outlandish stories, you know, boa constrictors, uh, 
you know, story of grandma being left in an urn. And uh, they called the shop and said, we left grandma in the car and we have to go get her. And they're like all confused because they don't see anyone. They in don't the car. see anyone. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, her memorial was coming up that evening and they forgot they left her in the back uh, uh, of the car. So those stories are, are, you know, they're, they're entertaining and it is what people respond to. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, what can you make that's really compelling and entertaining that people would want to hear about? And if you ask those right questions, you're going to do really well with a survey. Um, the customers that do them uh, again and again, and they do them well, generally get anywhere from eight to 16 articles written with each survey that they do. They're usually industry specific and they're usually tied around a specific time or theme. So if there's something really trending in your industry right now, if you were to take their temperature on all the aspects around that and maybe throw in a couple of other questions, including the oddball questions, you have a really good bit of data that you can use, um, you know, for building a press release and you focusing on what you feel the most um, surprising uh, responses were or what, you know, came out of the survey that, you know, would surprise the average person in your industry. Well, there, there's lots to unpack. First off, putting your marketing team on blast for the ROI on, on that, you said 200 and something dollar press release to to get millions of dollars in revenue. That's it's quite a feat and good luck to them to try to replicate that. But uh, second of all, uh, I, love, I love that standout notion, right? That applies to entrepreneurship in general. How do you stand out? How do you make an impact instead of being a me too product or service? And that is, that is what I always look for in the media that I consume, not just like not that I don't believe it's true or not, but something that's really going to capture attention and still deliver on all the the necessary bits that you need to deliver to make make an informed educational um, release or any sort of news story in that regards too. And I like the localized version of like national focus. Like you said, I, I think we saw most recently Olympics, for example, international story going on. Let's highlight localized individuals if they're competing for the first time, if they're a business that affects you, whatever that might be. And it was a series of two weeks or so, them trying to curate this kind of content, tie it back to localized entities because there's something as grand as the Olympics going on. So does that mean that if I'm an entrepreneur like this, I have to be just well in tuned with my industry or what? what's the easiest way as a small, medium sized business to be, to know like it's worthwhile to tie my my story to that like you said you four, four, four to six times a year is not a lot pulling that trigger may not be the right time or might be applicable like what when how, how should they go about being in tune with national or just hey this is applicable and i need to start thinking about my next time i'm gonna do a release right i say if you notice a trend early you're going to get i think better pickup from it um I, I, you know, I think it's the type of thing that earlier, the better, but that being said, sometimes there's things that just trend in an industry that the, the national media or even your local media hasn't quite covered yet. So I would give it the test of, you know, is this something that's been covered? Um, is it still relevant in my industry? And if it is, then I think it's quite appropriate to still, you know, do it. It's a little bit of art, uh, you know, in trial and error and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, you know, that being said, I think that there's lots of little opportunities to, uh, you know, bring things to the forefront 
if you can create an enter entertaining story or something that's really cool that you're doing and you know if there is the ability to tie it into something else then i think you have a, a better track record of uh getting noticed you don't also have to always do your own survey and studies there's a lot of data that's out there and if you're the person that you know puts it together and says hey over the last uh 18 months there's been a you know 62 percent uh growth in uh you know uh so, uh, solo e-commerce preneurs or or something like that and um i'm one in your local area uh, i've been doing this and this is this is what i'm doing right now that's pretty cool these are the products that i carry here's a really great quote i'd love to talk to you and share more with your audience i feel like something like that is like wow that's done most of the work for me it's entertaining and interesting. Sure, uh, I will either give them a call, explore it a little bit more, um, or uh, email to to get you know a little more details for fleshing out and seeing if there is a, a real story there. Right, Ampli I, I call this industry like amplified marketing. Right, um, we're we're both talking on a podcast right now. But is that is that ever going to tie into? releases and news media pickup if something gets discussed on a podcast per se like between us industry experts one to another is that something that people might start to think about hey i was on a pretty predominant show like if you're you're a podcast host too i believe um if i'm not mistaken if i if i go on your show we have a discussion on a certain topic i can use that reference point to either distribute as like almost video distribution is that is that a thing or am i making this up and i'm i'm way way ahead of my time or way behind on my time i don't i i don't see it working very well with local media right now because a lot of local media don't know what to do with video that being said they're going to have to start to learn what to do with video because it's a natural progression of things i think facebook has said that they envision a time in the next year or two or or longer that news feeds will be all video and very little of it being text driven. I don't know if that'll be true or not, but I do believe that's the push and that's the natural evolution of things. I think that newspapers and local media have migrated online because they've had to. And I think that the progression to video and video content is something they're gonna have to pay attention to. And then that being said, you having podcasts and you having reels of data uh, and, and really useful information is an opportunity for them in which you can sort of, you know, make available, uh, you know, a segment of your podcast and share that with their readers, uh, or I guess in this case, their viewers. Um, so, but I, I don't see it right now being used very much and very well. I think that the, the, the local media has to solve the problem of how they want that to be. So many of them want to control the video content, have it hosted on their site, and it just creates a lot more problems for those reasons. But I think that that is something that in the future will be a, an opportunity for you if you're willing to um, you know, make video content available to them or make exclusive video content for them um, You know, might be really relevant as well. Um, I think that... Uh, it, it it is it is the progression, but we're not there yet. Gotcha. So definitely ahead of our time. So all right, I'll I'll, make, I'll put that on the back burner until until the local media is ready for uh ready for this great idea. But but that being said, like um, you said, video a lot more people are trending to that. If I'm if I'm a small medium sized business working in a localized market, 
and I want to start out right away. Is it going to, is it going to the news, local newspaper or like regional newspaper? Is it going to radio stations? Is it going to television or what, what medium should I be focused on first and then diversify or should I just shotgun to that just market? I am of the approach to start with uh, local newspapers and then just sort of roll out what seems naturally. A lot of times uh, people that I recommend the local approach to don't ever do uh, radio or TV. It's just, I don't really know the segments. I, you know, maybe their market doesn't have a lot that's going on that they feel it's uh, uh, appropriate to, but they do really well with the local newspapers. Uh, if you have a local business magazine or business newspaper, that's another opportunity for you to get out there in, in front of uh the business community um, and, uh, you know, talk about what's going on with you and specific to your industry and things like that. Um, but I, I say start there and you can expand as naturally as you see. If there's like two or three key industry trade publications, you can take the same approach, figure out who at those publications tend to write about companies your size and, you know, in your industry. It may be more than one person, but you could add them to your Rolodex and reach out to them and do pitches as well of what you've got going on and why you would be a good candidate for, for them. Now, there's a lot more competition with that. So I think that you have to be a little bit better prepared when you're going after the big trade publications and things like that. Um, but if you have something that's really compelling, um, a ready-made great quote, um, maybe you've done a survey or study, all of those things could definitely make you rise to the top and you know be a great source for them uh, to write an article about you or to include you in an article. Right. So uh, taking that next step, uh, we're talking about localized media coverage and whatnot and, and kind of if you don't hear anything or uh, back, for example, is, is there a quick turnaround time typically when you, no. when you hear, when, no, I was going to say, is there a no, delay? Journalists, delay? <laughs> journalists are always putting out fires with what they're under, under deadline for. They're right. always open to new stuff and they just create put stuff in the maybe pile and there's lots of maybe piles. Sometimes these maybe piles are two months, three months deep. Sometimes they're very short. It, it really depends on the organization and disorganization of your local journalists. They're doing a lot more now than they have in the past. A lot of news places are working very lean. And as a result, they're very busy. The more that you can do for them, like coming up with the concept, having a ready-made great quote makes their job so much easier. So they're like, oh, I could just quickly build an article around this. And so anything like that, taking into account what their uh, workload is like is, 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 is going to do well. That being said, should you follow up with them? How soon should you follow right. up with them? It, uh, there's... There's no magic answer. I think if it's been a week or two, follow up. Always follow up, including what you previously sent, because it's quite likely they just hit delete before, but now you've risen to their inbox to ask about it. And here is another opportunity for them to review it a second time. And maybe this time they actually will respond to it. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen people who just say, I sent you an email in the past. You haven't responded. Are you interested? And they're like, I don't know who this person is. Yeah, I don't know what about? they pitched. <laughs> and and you, now you're asking them to be investigators and to look through their email and try to find your previous email. Make their job really easy. Um, 
I think it's fine if it's been a couple of weeks, you haven't heard anything. You could just quickly follow up and say, hey, I was just following up here. If you have a little nugget to add, that's even better. I also want to let you know that we just uh, you know, did this. And I feel like that's a great bonus to, uh, to the story as well. Or I just saw X, Y, and Z trending. And uh, I would love to provide a, a, a comment about that if you wanted to discuss that as well. Um, and you're going to have a couple of people that just say, Leave me alone. Don't harass me. Send me your, your pitches and just leave me alone. You're right. always, you're always going to have people like that. So don't ever let something like that discourage you. Um, I know that some PR firms like to follow up through phone calls and they usually have juniors or interns do it because right. they get yelled at so much because <laughs> journalists do find it invasive to call them. However, you'll get a feel for the journalist, whether they call you or how they communicate with you is probably how they want to be communicated with. So it might be useful to, to have someone that you feel comfortable picking up the phone and calling them and following up with the story. Um, that being said, if you've sent the follow-up email, you still haven't heard, move on. And then the next time you have something really cool, just share it with them again. Eventually, they'll either block you or acknowledge you or write about you, uh, or continue to ignore you. But I think that that's the way in which it works. It's just one of the things that you just have to do. And I think if you have a small little Rolodex, it's it's pretty easy to do. And after a while, you'll get a feel for who is working uh, for you. And I would always keep an eye on that publication and see if there's someone else there that might be a good fit as well. And if you haven't gotten anywhere with John, then you reach out to Diana or someone like that, who who's also covers it. And, and maybe you'll have more luck with her uh, than the other journalists. So right. uh, just, just stay on top of it and uh, continue to, to, to do it. And I, I, I see people get pick up again and again as a result of this. They might be doing this, uh, you know, six pitches, which is basically six concepts, but they're only sending it to like a dozen people. Uh, and I, I see people routinely get three or four articles out of that. And, you know, for, you know, basically just a few emails, the same email that you're sending to, uh, to people six times a year, that's pretty good. That's almost like a 50% uh, pickup rate of, you know, six pitches, three pickups. Now, admittedly, you okay. sent the six pitches to like, uh, you know, as much as a dozen people, but eventually I think that those numbers should get better. You might get a second sense of what they're interested in. Um, sometimes even just uh, following up after you've sent three or four or five emails over a year and you haven't gotten anywhere and said, hey, this is, uh, you know, uh, Mickey again. I know I've sent you a few pitches. They obviously didn't work for you. Uh, if you ever have a few minutes, I'd love to talk to you and maybe get your perspective on how I could develop uh, you know, a, a compelling story for you and make okay. your job easier. And sometimes they're willing to talk and provide you some some guidance of what they're looking for and you know what really you know excites them in your market. And so I would just build that rapport, build a relationship, and don't be afraid to 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 you know treat them as a a, a local uh, potential mentor for for what you should be uh, pitching. That's amazing. Oh, I, I think those are all great, great tips. I, I I always feel invasive when right if you reach out to people of the magnitude of you think it's you think it's applicable to a nature of hey I think you should look at X Y Z or hey by the way I also do this kind of thing because um, you don't you don't want them to 
it, you don't want it to open up to like just opinionized things from the community. It's not an opinion column. It, you, you don't want people just saying like, I disagree with your stance on this. And now because of that, I have the, the opposite answer that what you have published or something like that, where you don't want to do it to pick fights with people. You want it to do it to inform and to, uh, to help educate the, the audience too. So that's why I think it's super important to try different tactics. Like you said, I even, that's why I thought video might, or trending on like social media, you all, you always see these tactics of they pick up what's trending on social media, either more than like traditional media. And that's why it's, it was interesting how you hear, how I heard you say people don't fall, they, they consume video, but they haven't figured out how to, you know, incorporate that into the matter. So, uh, I guess, I guess before we we're kind of like heading into the end of this, Mickey, uh, if I'm, if I'm, there's a couple of different things that I've seen on your website and there's lots of people that ask me the same question. How do you get something as predominant as a, as seen by, or as seen on, uh, or featured in like the bars on websites? I think that's so powerful. People have said it's so easy to do, um, for businesses. And I think it brings gravitas and it brings, uh, brand you know brand experience or brand expertise in any sort of uh, area like as featured in nbc uh news nightly or something like that is there a way i know that's not localized or if you want to focus on local what is the way to do that typically if you can't is it is it your right once an article gets published to do that to post well that? that's a gray area uh sometimes these news outlets don't like you uh putting their logo up. So sometimes you may get a request to remove a logo uh, that you say. I've been told that as seen on is a lot safer than as featured on. Mm. Feature might mean something more relevant to a particular media outlet and might, you know, uh, create more issues with them with uh, problematic, but as seen on is, is, is a lot safer. Um, that being said, there are services, uh, even when you send a release through us that goes over PR newswire, you're going to get a report that shows your press release on a few different websites. Now don't mistake that as an article. I mean, our goal is to get articles written about us. These, these things happen automatically. And some people do use those and, you know, like Yahoo's one of the outlets and there's, there's a few others that are, that are out there. Um, you know, usually there's a Fox syndicate, a ABC syndicate. So you can put the ABC logo. It might have WKTOP or whatever the, the call letters are for the place or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is something that, uh, you, you can add, it may boost credibility for your market. I think with B2B less so, but if, you know, B2C consumers, I think it, it is probably is something that you could do. So you could pay to issue a service uh, through e-releases, look at where the release goes and pick some logos uh, and, and put the as seen on uh, your website or a section on your website. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the real distraction of that is it's automated and nobody made a determination and wrote an article about you. And those look, uh, pages rarely don't drive a lot of traffic. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the example of, you know, someone being published in the New York times or the Washington post is going to generate a lot more traffic to you. And that's another frustrating thing. A lot of these places do not put URLs in the article, so they're not linking to you. 
The good news is Google gives you credit as if there is a link for SEO purposes because they can contextually tell that when they mentioned e-releases in an article of the New York Times, they meant e-releases. So you'll see a bump in your SEO. That being said, there's a lot of people that do searches and you know they'll read about a company, they'll do a, a Google search, realize you're the company and then go buy from you. Um, but it, it does make it less transparent, harder to track, uh, and and all of those things that good marketers love, it's it's challenging. I was going to say, how are we tracking all this? Is there an easy way, or there is no easy way to track this? Unfortunately, um, it's one of those things that you just have to allocate some time and dollars to. And if you get a major article, you track your revenue, you track your inbound traffic, and you get a feel for did we get a bump over the last couple of weeks right after this article was published. And um, <clears throat> sometimes you'll see it uh, and it's very noticeable. Sometimes you want. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's just one of those things that it, it takes a bit of trial and error. But because it's so organic and it's, you know, you're looking for an article to be written, you're not paying for placement, you don't get to really call the shots of how you're, you're, you're necessarily listed, what page they're going to link to as well. Right. I do find that when, um, the media tends to cover um, Indiegogos and Kickstarters. They generally do include the link, which is really good, even the New York Times. Um, but you know, outside of that, they're they're a little bit less likely to. One of the ways in which I I find that makes it easier for you to get a link is to include something like a resource. So if you have a, a really great guide, uh, let's say. You, you, you sell widgets, uh, like fidget spinners and things like right. that. And let's say you have a guide or just a, a checklist of what you should look for in a good, uh, you know, fidget spinner or uh, you know, product in your marketplace. Or here are the do's and don'ts of, of uh, you know, what, what you should be looking for. If you have a guide, a lot of times they will include a link to it. So sometimes a really good white paper or checklist or cheat sheet or something like that might get picked up. Doesn't always happen, but it does make it a little more likely that that, that, that would happen. Um, also, a lot of the smaller papers and places like that are a little more willing to include links than the major players. Um, and maybe that'll change a little bit because I do see uh, in the case of last year with the Dining Bond Initiative, almost every publication, including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times did include a link, which was really great for them. Uh, and I think that it was because it was such a call to action. Uh, right. The whole reason for being was to help. And, you have uh, to donate here. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So uh, those are just things to keep in mind and just realize that you're never going to get everything that you want out of uh, the media pickup. But if you are creative and you continue to change your messaging and what your uh, is your call to action is eventually going to find something that resonates and does really well. Right. I would think the Holy Grail would be if they put your logo somehow, some way, if they put your name and then they put a link to your business or website or service, that is probably the, the trifecta, if you will, of, or even a product, even more specifically, that'd be even better. Um, with, with that being said, is there, I guess, I guess to kind of like wrap this up in a tiny, uh, in the best bow we can for today, is the, mo the more like you become featured, like if I'm getting traction in localized media, again, how to make this kind of work for more national publications, I'm assuming you want to collect all these 
these blogs or these uh, stories and articles, curate them on a page and say, this is past where I've been featured uh, in the past. Our company has been contributed to XYZ. Is that going to be help boost that resume? Like a, a call sheet, if you will, of, hey, we're, we're kind of big deal or we're, we're, right. we're trending like people have featured us yes. before. I always recommend that someone create a newsroom or in the news or something like that. Put your press releases there because it's all um, keyword rich traffic uh, that will come from that. And because you're the author of it, you should get priority as far as you know your press releases appearing and stuff like that. Um, also, uh, you know, include the, those pickups that you do get. And I always tell people, be sure to take screenshots or PDFs of your mention, because eventually these things either disappear or they go behind a firewall and you right. can't link to them anymore. So always preserve them. Uh, I have one client uh, who put all of his clippings in a, a big brag book is what they call it. And it was a carpet company in New Jersey. And we did five months of no press releases working, five releases. And on the sixth one, we explored an industry blind spot. He said, no one in the carpet industry talks about marketing, but it's the most frustrating and most necessary part of our job. And we have to market against the big box home improvement stores. And it's so frustrating. And this is why. So we wrote press release about that. And he got picked up in like more floor trade publications that we knew existed at the time. <laughs> and uh, we continued to explore that blind spot for the next six months and all together got like 30 clips. We did get their local newspaper to pick them up and we got a New Jersey magazine to pick them up as well. And so they have like 30 some clips of, of them in nationwide publications. And, you know, one of the things I pointed out was these carpet trade publications, they're not your consumers. And I don't know how this helps you. And they said, well, that's interesting. Let me tell you how it's been helping us. We put this book together. We go give a quote to people in their home. We tell them the same thing we've always told them, that our installers are salaried. They know what they're doing. We never have to restretch the carpets and uh, all this stuff. He said, but because of that book and walking them through a few of the samples, he goes, we started converting 20% more customers. And that was big for them to close 20% more sales just by using that big uh, brag book. And so it worked really well for them. And, you know, that's what you can create on your website where you list all the places you've been profiled. You take those times that you get mentioned, share them on your Instagram, share them on your social media, let your customers and your leads know about these places because there's an implied, um, uh, endorsement that happens when a publication writes about you. And, you know, that's a real big uh, kudo for you. And I think that that makes it easier for, uh, you know, leads or people that are on the fence to say, oh, yeah, I think I will do business with this company. Right. So there's lots of opportunities to to leverage the, 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 the PR that you get and the notice that you get. Unlike it, yeah, unlike vanity metrics. And what I mean by that is like a thumbs up or a heart or whatever on social media. This actually applies differently that it, it brings more gravitas to, you know, people have brought you, you, you have not arrived, but you are seen as a, an authority in that regards, like thumbs up or just passive, like, Hey, that's cool. Or I think that's interesting, but this is like more of that, like you said, nuanced. And I, I see more publication, I see more the algorithms for social media or wherever you're sharing this on on websites or your network or your clients they pick this up more because it, it is that 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 next step of you've 
people have recognized your authority. Does that make sense? I think that's really neat. Is there is there is there one that kind of still gives you maybe because you've been with the business for so long? Is there one publication or publications that you get giddy about every time something comes out in it? Is there one that you respect so much or that you haven't achieved yet? And it's like, that is my holy grail and I will not rest until I find or am. I am a sucker for the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. I feel okay. like when you get an article in either of those, that is big. Washington Post is almost right there, uh, but those are the ones that really excite me. If you're within uh, certain types of industries like startups and things like that, you know, Fast Company and Inc. magazines, like, oh, perfect. You know, that's like a really uh, a great uh pick up. But I think it varies for some of my clients that are very B2B within industries. It's these little crazy trade publications you've never heard of. But for them, it's like, this is our big trade publication. And I can't believe it. We got an article here. So I just, uh, you know, celebrate the wins that all of my clients get and recognize the ones that continue to try and do trial and error and try to build more strategic releases are the ones that are just winning and doing well. Before we cap off, is what, what's the most I would say out there publication that you've uh, had clients featured in that you you were either surprised existed or um, you know just kind of shocked you in a certain way? Um, let's see, that one's going to be a hard one, but uh, we had someone years ago get picked up in Playboy, and. Okay. I was like, oh, I didn't realize they did articles. You get articles. Playboy to read the articles. I, yeah, exactly. I didn't realize they were doing articles. I always knew that people say, oh, I read it for the articles. And it's like, well, I didn't even know That's there the were articles. In it. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was that was surprising. Uh, it okay. was a, a, a men's uh, product. And it, it, it you know, it, it got picked up there. And, and they were ecstatic because it turns out that the people who subscribe to Playboy are buyers. Uh, there are certain publications where when you get pickup, you get buyers. Women's magazines when you get your product mentioned or even a little profile on a page where they talk about what's trending now and here's a lipstick and here's a lip gloss and here's this. If you mm -hmm. get this tiny little blurb here and you sell a cosmetic, it could be you know $100,000 in sales that that little page in a women's magazine creates. So it is surprising what, what, what can work and what you know what can fuel a success. I've also seen, uh, we had one customer who uh, did a book and it was self-published, but he got the front page section of the USA Today, the entertainment section. Front page story, it was on the lower wow. half. It was the whole half of the page. And uh, he said he thinks he sold less than 100 books. And I was just really shocked. And I was like, well, you know, USA Today is probably not known for their readers then. Uh, but uh, he, he leveraged that because he took a screenshot of it and he was trying to do a tour uh, a book tour, book readings, and he, even his local bookshop wouldn't do a book reading for him. So he, he I told him, send that uh, clip to them and they'll, they'll let you. And he, he said, it worked. He goes, as soon as they saw that I was in USA Today, they said, okay, you can come and do a book reading here. <laughs> and I told him, exactly. I'd never heard of someone not doing a book reading because if you're willing to go to a bookstore and try to fill it on a night that's not busy, most bookstores are open to that. It's the rare one that would say no to uh, someone. But in his case, he had to circle back, and, and but he did get mentioned there. And, and he loved being in the USA Today, but it just didn't result in a lot of sales. So, uh, you know, some 
publications are buyers and some aren't. And I think USA Today might be buyers of consumer products, but probably not books as much. <laughs> we'll let we'll let the audience or listener kind of guess what that means or kind of like where we're drawing that conclusion in that regards. But Mickey, uh, I know we're already at the top of our hour. Uh, you have so much expertise and so much great thought in the space. I, I want to make sure people, if I'm listening to this and I want to either work with you or just pick your brain, how, how do we connect with you? How do we find you? Is it on social media or do we, we have our website? I know we right. have linked to so, in the um, show notes. Uh, my website's ereleases.com. Feel free to call or chat. You'll only speak to editors, no salespeople, no commissions. We'll review a press release for you for free. Just give us a day or two to turn it around and get back to you. Uh, we're there to help people. We, we work with a lot of people. It's their first release. So um, all my social media is on the lower right of the page. Uh, it's my direct LinkedIn, which is also just uh, publicity is, is my LinkedIn uh, user uh, account. And uh, I have a strategy course for anybody who's looking to do PR. If you want to build a campaign of strategic press releases, this class is for you. It's less than an hour. It's completely free. I'm trying to get my own customers to take the class so that they'll learn and do more strategic press releases and get more successful uh, PR as a result of it. But it's available at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. Again, it's completely free. If you review that with the lens of your business uh, and what you could be doing is strategic, you will have several ideas for building a PR campaign of different strategic ideas, all designed to get media pickup and, you know, avoid the, the people who do a press release or two and, you know, they don't really know what they're doing strategically. And as a result, they don't get a lot of media pickup as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And I've looked through it too. And I'm just like really intrigued to kind of like go through that, that workshop in my own mind and try to get better in that regard. So I'm really excited. I, I put it in the comment section too. It's, it's plain, but this is what uh, Google kicked back to me is plain okay. too, but it's, it's plain. Uh, uh, for those of you who are listening to that, we'll make sure it's in the show notes on the audio version as well. But Mickey, thank you so much, obviously for hopping on today, sharing your wisdom and insights. Do you have any project like, as the industry evolves before you cap off, do you have any sort of like, I see that going in this direction, what people are may not talking about? Um, I think that at the end of the day, it's all about trying to come up with something that's interesting and compelling um, for an audience. And I think the journalists should be viewed more as curators. And what could you do to look like more of something that needs to be discovered and shared? And so if you can just sort of, uh, you know, look at it through that lens, I think that you'll come up with ideas that are a little more interesting and intriguing and not ideas that only serve you, but also serve the journalist and, you know, give delivering really good content that they want to share with their audience. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, sir. I know you, you're probably buzzing and have to go soon. So I appreciate your time and thank you so much for hopping on uh, Crossover Commerce today. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. And then uh, thank you for everyone else who is watching and listening to Crossover Commerce. Again, happy Friday. This is day five of five of this week of content that we got to uh, push out there today. This was finding localized media and without spending a dime and getting your business out there. So many different takeaways that hopefully uh, you listen to it all, but we'll break it down in the audio version as well and top takeaways to make sure that you can apply these to your businesses and principles. Make sure you check out making his team at ereleases.com. Again, helping you get your business and brand out there. 
it, it, it could be as easy as one press release. It takes your business to a whole new level. Um, or it just might take a little bit of coaxing and getting that fitting that or finding your unique position in the space, which is why we're all entrepreneurs in the space in general. So that being said, have a good weekend, everyone. We'll catch you next week on Crossover Commerce. Make sure you stay safe and subscribe to our channels on all your uh, social media platforms, but also on your audio channels. Take care. Everybody.